do. It's the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire, 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved, we do have two guests lined up for you today, one in the first hour, one in the second at 1245. We'll bring on our, our good friend, the four-time All-American Rick Beardsley, to talk some SU lacrosse, the Orange back in action tonight on the road down in Ithaca against Cornell should be a good one. Syracuse ranks seventh in the latest inside lacrosse poll. Cornell up to number nine. The Big Reds won four in a row. SU's won three in a row. We'll get Rick Beardsley's thoughts on that matchup does, at twelve forty-five. Does he ask that you call him the four-time All-American every time? Yeah. If you don't, he gets annoyed. I've it, it, whatever he. It, I've learned to like him over the years. You know, he's a lot, especially on Saturday mornings. But uh, but no, we love. What if Rick. we introduce him as like? State champion head coach instead of four time. I brought that up. It's funny you should say that. I brought that up on the first upstate lacrosse show this year, and and he wants to be called both. Like if I'm going to include the state title, oh, that's a lot. That's then, a, that's a mouthful. But it's it's got to be the four time All American. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'll try doing that today. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if he Let's reacts. Just see what, he, what if what if we just say we have uh, former SU standout Rick Beardsley. I don't think he'd like that. No? I don't think he'd like Nothing. He worked hard to, to be a four-time All-American. He wants everybody to know about it. Uh, so we'll talk to Beardsley uh, coming up at 1245. John Shiambi from ESPN uh, set to join us at 1.30 to talk some baseball. He's on the call tonight for Yankees-Red Sox. Uh, the Yankees 5-5 five and five on the season. We'll get his thoughts on uh, Giancarlo Stanton and the struggles he's been through and uh, what lies ahead for both New York teams, the Mets, just keep on winning. Uh, they've won six in a row now and uh, and playing some some great baseball. Yeah, uh, and a big week ahead. Uh, you know, I know when we had Jared Diamond on, what, two weeks ago? Last week, two weeks ago? Uh, I, I mentioned something about starting those five aces, those five starting pitchers. Uh, and it looks like it's happening, like this week. Uh, they've got Syndergaard last night. Uh, they're going to have Wheeler tomorrow. Uh, Zach Wheeler making his his debut this season tomorrow, uh, and it looks like Wheeler, Degrom, Harvey, Syndergaard, Mats are finally going to start five in a row. Um, I mean, Met fans have only been looking forward to this for five or six years at this point, so it's it's about time that it happened. So uh, they're playing as well as any team in the majors. If that pitching can stay healthy, they'll be dangerous. So we've got lacrosse on the table today. We've got Major League Baseball on the table today. But we begin with college basketball and the ACC releasing all of its matchups for the 2018-2019 season. We don't know dates and times yet, but we know who Syracuse is going to play and where. Um, 18-game conference schedule this coming season. It'll be the last time they do that. And then in 2019, going into 2020, when the ACC network is launched for real, they'll expand it to a 20-game regular season conference schedule. So, again, 18-game regular season conference schedule next year. And, and we know who Syracuse is going to play and where. And headlining the list is a home-and-home home with Duke. They're going to play Duke twice, once in the Dome, once down at Cameron Indoor Stadium. It'll be the third time that they've got two matchups with Duke in a single season. The first two years Syracuse was in uh, the ACC, they played Duke twice each of those years, 
and then it's been one time each of the last three years they'll get back to that uh, that home and away series uh, going into next year, and that that headlines the list. No, it absolutely does. We know Pitt. We know BC. They're going to be home and home every year. We know that. You can guess. Uh, you know some of the others. Oh, you played UNC at home this year. Okay, you're probably going to play them on the road uh, if you don't play them twice. Oh, you got Notre Dame at home. You probably get them on the road next year. So you can you can kind of guess and pick and choose those. Um, but having Duke twice will be a lot of fun. Uh, and you know one of those flip side consequences and. Uh, nobody's going to care when I say this, but Duke's four home-and-home appearances. It's brutal. Uh, UNC, which obviously they always get, Virginia and Syracuse are the two this year rotating in, and then they get Wake Forest. So uh, Duke's schedule is going to look tough. I-, I love that you know Syracuse has the home-and-home with Duke. I like that they have the home-and-home with Clemson. You know, it- it'll be more fun. Put, it- put them on the court with... Uh, the good teams more often, and and it's a more fun season. So again, let's let's kind of break down uh, the way that the the conference schedule looks going into next season. You mentioned it right there the the home and away series that you know the teams are going to play twice, four of them, and it'll be five going into next year again because they'll expand the the uh, regular season conference schedule. But four of them for next year: BC and Pitt, as they always play twice, and then Clemson and Duke. The home games. How great is it, by the way? How, how great is it for Syracuse? That they ended up with BC and Pitt as as their two home and home like permanent ones and and I know BC is getting better uh, but and Pitt lot, will get better. And, uh, well, Pitt yeah. used to be good. No, then I they know. Lose but, Jamie Dixon. Then they, given they what took a, been, a nosedive. Given, given what they've been really the last four yeah. years, where they've just been kind of middle of the road to terrible. Uh, you know, that there are a lot worse opponents that you can have, right? You could be, oh, it's great. You could be Virginia Tech, who plays Miami and and Virginia every year. You could play, you know, you could be uh, Wake Forest that has to play Duke every year, and uh, you know, NC State twice. You know, there there are far worse opponents to have to play. Yeah, I mean, having Pitt twice on the schedule next year, I mean, that's that's fortunate. It was this past year as well. It allowed them to get another, you know, road win, um, which was a problem. Two years ago, and Syracuse was able to, uh, you know, to go on the road and, and take care of business at Pittsburgh. So again, it'll be Pitt, BC, Clemson, and Duke. Syracuse will see those teams twice each. The home games. So these are the opponents coming to the dome uh, next season: Florida State, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, and Virginia. Florida State's supposed to be really good next year. Obviously, made a surprise run this year in the NCAA tournament. Louisville. Should continue to get better. They've got the new head coach in Chris Mack, who came over from Xavier. We know Virginia's good every season. Virginia considered by many to be a top-five team, again, going into next year. Uh, Miami uh, was a tournament team, and uh, and Georgia Tech struggled. But you've got four quality opponents coming to the Dome next year, and then Georgia Tech thrown in. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm curious to see what Louisville is, because they don't really have a recruiting class coming in, uh, because they, uh, you know, because... The interim coaches weren't going to recruit, you know, didn't really recruit because they didn't know their future and and whatnot. Um, So I'm curious to see what that team actually is next year. Um, And I know that, you know, Dangadel already signed his paperwork. He's gone. So let's see. Hired an agent. He's he's gone. He's really gone. So let's see what they bring back and let's see what they bring in because they seem to be primed to go out and grab some grad transfers and, and be able to offer them some minutes and some opportunity and to play under a good coach and go to the NCAA tournament. So let's see what they are. But I, they they should be good. To your point, they should be good. Uh, you know, Virginia should be very good again. You know, DeAndre Hunter is going to come back. Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, they're, they're all going to come back. Uh, you know, with with few exceptions, so they should be really good again. Uh, Miami, I would imagine, is going to be good. Uh, Florida State, uh, you know, for whatever reason, always recruits really well. Uh, you know, always is able to bring in really talented players. So, 
you're going to get some pretty good games in the Dome in addition to Clemson and Duke, in addition to Boston College. Uh, in theory, Georgetown is coming in, right, for the last of those four games that they agreed to. Uh, so the home slate actually looks pretty good for SU next year. Yeah, ESPN, you know, was one of the... Uh, organizations that put together one of these, you know, way too early for you know next year expectations and and rankings. They've got Florida State number twenty three in their you know way too early projections. They've got Clemson at number eighteen. So uh, again, some some quality opponents coming uh, to the Carrier Dome uh, next season. The uh, the road opponents. These are uh, again the Syracuse is going to see these teams once, and they they will be on the road. North Carolina, as you alluded to, obviously the Tar Heels came here this year, so Syracuse will go down to Chapel Hill next year. They've got NC State on the road, Notre Dame on the road. Virginia Tech on the road. Hokies are supposed to be really good next year. They they bring just about everybody back uh, except for Justin Bibbs, who graduated, but everyone else should be back on that team. Uh, and then uh, and then Wake Forest is the other road game. So I, I think all in all, we know the ACC is the toughest conference in the country, but all in all, a pretty favorable schedule. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think they made out relatively well. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is graduating their two leading players uh, you know, Wake Forest is kind of what it is. You know, they're, they're struggling right now. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech will be good. NC State, you know, if they can follow up what they did last year and, and live up to, you know, that same kind of level, then then they could be pretty good. And, and you know what UNC is. So you'll get a couple of pretty good road tests, especially going down to UNC, going down to Virginia Tech. Uh, Notre Dame's always going to be a tough game because Mike Bray's a really good coach. Uh, and you know what? Who knows what that Wake Forest game turns into. And don't forget, you have road games at BC, road games at Pitt, road games at Clemson, road games at Duke. You know, so it, it it's all kind of mixed in there. But I, I think all in all, not a bad look, you know, when, when you finally get these laid out. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what you would project to be roughly the top 10 teams in the ACC, Syracuse is going to play... Seven of them at home. I mean, Carolina, Notre right. Dame, and Virginia Tech are going to be just road games, but the other seven are are coming to the to the dome. And you know, I'm talking Duke and Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, Miami, Virginia. I mean, you would consider those among the top ten teams in the conference, and uh, and you, you get a crack at them inside the Carrier Dome. So again, I think all in all, Take pretty it. favorable schedule. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And and I know that every year you want to play Duke twice, but everybody wants to play Duke twice every year, so it's not going to happen. Um, you know, and I, and I think that it just works out well. well. Fans you know, want to play Duke twice. <laughs> well, that that was actually going to be my question. Uh, you know, I know we want to see Duke twice. You want, you know, in, in media, I know fans want to see Duke twice because it's players more probably fun. want to see Duke twice. Players, well, not just the coaches like, want to see but Duke like twice. As a, as a program, do you want to play Duke twice? Do you want to play them here and there every year? Right? Well, do you want yeah, to play them? I will both say this, times every year. I will say this. Yes. Um, if you're Syracuse, if you're you know, a team that like a Wake Forest or BC or, you know, Pittsburgh. I'm not sure you want to see Duke twice. If you're Syracuse, yeah, I think you want to see Duke twice because That's it bad gives news you. news for Wake. It Wake gives gets you, them twice every year. It gives you an opportunity, right? It gives you an extra opportunity to to pick up like a major marquee win. And if those are games that if you lose, going to help your strength of schedule, not going to necessarily hurt you, you know, in your resume. Uh, and if you win them, then, you know, on Selection Sunday when they put up, you know, quality wins and bad losses, Duke will be at the top of your quality wins category. So, right. yeah, I would rather have two cracks at Duke than one if you're a team like Syracuse that can actually beat them. And I'm not, and listen, you can, any team can lose to any other team. But I'm saying if you're Wake Forest or BC, I think you would rather, you know, more doable games, more winnable games on your schedule. Kind of like SU football, right? Yes. Like you, you want. You I want, want Clemson at home. Right. And you want. 
to be able to it's it's quantity for SU football right now, not so much quality, right? Like they want yep. to get to six wins and get to a bowl game. And if you're one of those teams that's in the bottom half of the conference, you want enough wins to put yourself in position, you know, maybe you're on the bubble. So I would say, you know, for those teams, I'm not sure they would love to see Duke twice, but for Syracuse, yeah, gives you an extra uh, extra opportunity. Right. Like how Syracuse football right now would like to see UNC as their crossover game right. instead of Miami. Correct. You know, BC would rather see Wake Forest as their double yeah. dip than, than Duke. And, yeah. and I understand that. Um, it, it's just one of those interesting things. Like, everybody seems to love it. It's a fun thing. TV will eat it up, right? These games will both be on ESPN. If the teams are good, one of them will be college game day. Uh, you know, they will be the, the primetime Saturday night games. Uh, you know, it's it's that thing. Like, it'll, it'll get eaten up. Um, but I'm curious, like, do, do programs want it? Do programs like it? Uh, I, I mean, I think ultimately you have to because it's Duke and it's the Giant and it's the Titan of the game for the last 25, 30 years. And that's who you, and listen, you know, even, even now, like in the ACC, still are the top, right? Like, even though Virginia's been really good and has had this great five-year run, like, I think everybody agrees that Duke right now is still the gold standard. Yeah, but you're Syracuse. Like, you're a Giant as well. Like right. you, you look at yourself as a Giant. Syracuse, Duke, Virginia, North Carolina. So, yeah, the, the Titans want to play the Titans. Like, the Giants want to play the Giants. So, yeah, I think if you're Syracuse, I think you absolutely welcome playing that team twice, that program twice. And and let's be honest, you know, Coach K and Jim Beheim, they're not going to be around forever on the sidelines. Right, so let's get we, it as many times yeah, as we can. why not? I mean, if... if you know, if Jim Bam's going to be around four or five more years, you know, do the the home and away series. You know, every time three of those. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know if they'll get them every time, but more often than not, you know, you got the two winningest it. coaches in college basketball right now. It's and it, smart. Yeah, I mean, the TV networks obviously love it, and uh, and the fans love it too. I got a question for you, and I know we have to take a break, but something to to think about. You mentioned next year they go to a twenty game schedule. Correct. And they're going to add another home and home. It, presumably, they're going to add another home and home rather than add one more only road game and one more only home game, right? So, who would you, who do you want to see that slot be for Syracuse? Do you want, and we'll play the game that it's going to be a permanent one, right? So, we'll play the game that it'll turn into another permanent home and home player i think one jumps off the page of me but we'll take a break and we'll see if it, it jumps off the page at you as well 315-437-7644 want to get your thoughts on su's acc schedule going into next season we'll continue the college basketball talk next orange nation just getting started on espn radio live from armory square this is orange nation with Stephen fonte and seth goldberg Stephen Seth back with you on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Drivers Village. Phone lines open for the next half hour at 315-437-7644. We'll bring on our good friend Rick Beardsley at 1245 to preview Syracuse Cornell Lacrosse tonight. And then John Shiambi will be on the call for Yankees Red Sox tonight on the ESPN telecast. He'll join us at 130 to talk some baseball. But we continue the college basketball talk. The ACC releasing its conference matchups for the 2018-2019 season. As you mentioned, Seth, before the break, uh, the conference schedule going to 20 games in 2019-2020 instead of 18. Right. And you posed the question, which opponent would you like to see a home and away series with right. moving and, forward? And, and we'll play the game that it's going to be a permanent one. I don't know if it is. I don't know if that's been decided. Well, it would it would likely be two more because you would have... You You'd know, have you, to even it out. Right. You would have to even right. it out. So... 
You said which team would you like to see? Maybe one on a permanent basis, one on a... Who would you like to see on a permanent basis? I think, and we didn't talk about this during the break, uh, I think it's Notre Dame, and I think it's, oh, okay. it's probably obvious, but who would you say? No, I think Louisville. It, okay. I think Louisville. I, I think that uh, since Louisville joined the Big East, and look, maybe this changes without Rick Pitino there, but since Louisville joined the Big East, it, it, to me it felt like there's been something brewing there, and, and it feels like... You know, the series has been back and forth, and they've both been really good, and they're both competing, you know, not only for the conference title, but for, you know, championships at, at the national level, uh, you know, and going to Final Fours. I think that that's not that it's a rivalry, but it's turned into something over the last 10 years. I think it absolutely years. changes with Rick Patino not there. And I think it changes with Patino not there, but Chris Mack being a, a good coach will have that program still at that same high level. I would like to see that. Oh, and I'm not saying Notre Dame is the you know the next best team. Obviously, in the conference, right. you've got Virginia, you've got North Carolina. You know, you mentioned Louisville. Um, I, I think just from a a natural like permanent rivalry perspective, like if BC and Pitt are your your permanent rivals, and you right. need to add a third, I, I think it's probably Notre Dame. Um, you know, going back to the days of the Big East, and again, I think there is a natural you know rivalry with Mike Bray and Jim Beheim and. Things are going to change with with Rick Pitino not being there, and I'm not saying Louisville's not going to be good. Like I expect that program to to be very good moving forward with Chris Mack and the facilities they have and, and right. all that. They've got everything that you need, right? right? They've got a great coach. They've got great facilities. They've got uh, they've got boosters who will pour money and dollar after dollar after dollar into it. Uh, but that being said, I'm curious how the dynamic changes because Pitino and Beheim were you know as close as right. they were, and because Pitino can play such the villain role so perfectly, right? Like, he comes out, and he's been speaking recently, and he's like, no, I didn't, I never paid co- kids a dollar. I didn't know anything. And you're just like, BS. Like, I don't I don't believe a word coming out of his mouth, right? Like, and and he just has that, that look of the villain. So uh, things will change there. I'm curious to see how, and obviously we, we don't know yet because we haven't seen Louisville on the court without him you know, on a permanent basis. It felt to me like it was much more a rivalry when Patino was there. Sure. And and this year it it was different. Well, is that gonna be what happens when, you know, Bayheim leaves, you know, and, and now all of a sudden your your footing with Duke is on it. You know, it's it's a different thing with Duke. It's a different thing it's a different thing with UNC, right? Because I, I wouldn't talk talk call either of those rivalries, but there's this feeling around the game of this is a big deal because you've got these two coaches, right? Because yes. because you've got these two figureheads, these two names, these two legends on the sideline, it's a big deal. And I agree with you. The game at Louisville this year felt different watching through TV. Like it felt different than it had in the past and maybe it was because of the uncertainty there and the fans weren't as into that team and and you know they they didn't really know if they should get behind them and and it's hard to connect with, you know, David Padgett cuz he's going to be gone after the year. Something felt off there, and I wonder if the same thing is going to happen, you know, with Syracuse, with Duke, with UNC, as these coaches are are all being, you know, pushed towards the end. Just look at, at SU's biggest rival, and that's that's Georgetown. At least right. in the past, it was Georgetown. What what changed with that rivalry? John Thompson left. Yep, and then they weren't quite as good, and and that's what helped spark the rivalry in the first place. Was you had two. You know, dynamic head coaches, two well-known, famous you know coaches who, let's be honest, didn't really like each other in the beginning, and and I think they've right. you know they've they've kind of grown closer in, in recent yeah. years. 
Um, but they're also they're not button heads every year. Um, they, it's a lot easier to become friends after you're right. done coaching. Yeah, two other. ultimate competitors that didn't really like each other. The programs didn't really like each other. And what was the other element of that? They were always good. They were always right. playing for the conference title. Felt like they were always meeting in you know the semifinals or the finals of the conference tournament down at the Garden year in and year out, or playing for the regular season title in the Dome in early March. And and that's what you know, helped elevate that rivalry to where it was. Same thing with Duke and Carolina. Obviously, there's the proximity, but what's the other thing about Duke and Carolina? They're always good. They're right. always playing for conference titles. And you, had, and you had Dean Smith and Coach K and, and you know, go back to the 80s with that and before, obviously. So you say, you know, what will happen when Bayheim you know, finally does retire and will that change, you know, the current rivalries? I think it'll change the current rivalries to, to some degree. How much, I think, depends on whether or not Syracuse stays Syracuse and Syracuse is competing year in and year out you know for conference titles if they are and if they continue to have you know great games with Duke and if at the end of the year it's coming down to to Duke and Carolina and Syracuse then the the rivalry the you know quote unquote new rivalry will right. will live on they will develop you know into into rivals right now you know Syracuse looks at Duke to some degree as a rival we've talked about this at length over the course of the last few years Duke not so much. I mean, you know, Duke, no. it's got Carolina and everybody else, you know, they, they've got a target on their back. It's a, They know they're a big game for everyone. Right. And I remember I remember asking Coach K this. Like, I remember asking him when they came up to the Dome one time, and I was like, you know, up here, it's kind of thought of as a rivalry. Like, what do you think? And he goes, everybody wants to be the rival with us. Like, we got to give everybody our best shot because we're getting theirs. It, and it's funny, we should talk about this today, and we'll have Rick Beardsley on in about 20 minutes. I asked him that question in regards to lacrosse on Saturday, and I said, I know, you know, Johns Hopkins for you, you know, meaning Rick, is the biggest rival. And he says, yes, Syracuse Hopkins, like that is the biggest rivalry. He doesn't consider Cornell a rival. He doesn't consider Virginia a rival. He doesn't consider anyone a rival of SU, only Hopkins. And Duke basketball looks at it much the same way. It's Carolina and and everybody else. Right. And, And no one else is considered a rival. So again, we can. Uh, talk to Rick about that coming up in about 20 minutes. To the phone lines we go, though. Steve in North Syracuse up first today on Orange Nation. Hey, Steve. Yeah, uh, my, my suggestion on this would be uh, have, have everybody pick uh, one rival. Obviously, it'd be a mutual decision that they play home and home every year. And the other three uh, rivals, once we go to uh, the expanded schedule, would simply be the teams that in the previous year you were closest to in the standings. Uh, looking at the one lost records, and then if you have to break ties, uh, look at the actual uh, scores uh, during the games. And that way uh, you'd be playing teams that you were on the same level as. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's an idea. I think you could do it randomly as well and just rotate it. I think that's what they do. They they just have right. a randomizer. Yeah, and and you just you know you randomly rotate them. I mean, I, there are several ideas. Appreciate you checking in, Steve. I'm not sure that would work. I'm not sure that would work. And the the reason why is what we were just talking about, right? If everybody thinks they're a rival with Duke. Everybody thinks they're a rival with North Carolina. Well, Duke and everybody, Carolina would be that would be the one mutual rivalry. Right. And then, you know, so right. everybody would have but, to have a dance partner. But the point being, like, it, it's hard to agree it's hard to mutually agree on who that team is, you know, for for everybody else. Would it be right? Pitt like, or BC for Syracuse? I don't know. Probably Pitt, right? Probably Pitt. I think so. Um, you know, but I I'm sure that, you know, what if Pitt is like, nah, we're not 
No, like we're too good for that. No, you know, like what? what I, if, I think Pitt's <laughs> response would be, "We're not that good right now, right. so we'll take but BC." You, you know, you get the point though. Like, yes. what if they're like, "No, like that? We don't, we don't agree." Like, we, we want a break. We think we think we're bigger rivals with Louisville. Like, like you know, like that. That's kind of a thing that could happen. Uh, the standing, I think the standings thing is interesting. Uh, I think it makes it more difficult just because uh, you're you're trying to match teams up and you know find find the standings line like. Does the second place team play the first and the third place team, and then the third place the f- second and the fourth? And like, I, you know, I'm I'm just curious how it would work. I think it's interesting. Um, ultimately, I think they're just going to add another double up partner or two, you know, next year and and move on. I think that that would certainly favor you know the blue bloods. We talk about the blue bloods like Duke and, right. and Carolina, and right. in like the what, ACC like Virginia's. You know, what would happen to the first place team? Would the first well, place team get the last place team in the second place? Well, team? what I was going to say was, if you're a team that had an unexpected, so say let, let's say like NC State, like unexpectedly finished like fifth, like and, they did, and then and then next the next year they're playing obviously better competition and so it would be harder for them for a program that's not quite established it would be harder for them to sustain that success because then they're getting killed with the conference schedule the next yep. year and they're you know they're obviously playing you know if they're playing duke twice and carolina twice opposed to the year before they're playing you know wake forest twice and bc twice it would be hard for you know one of those surprise teams to sustain success or steve on the flip side uh you're notre dame and you're supposed to be good, and you're not because of injuries. Be licking your and chops all, next year. All of a sudden, next year you're you're getting doubled up with uh, Wake Forest twice and Boston College twice instead of you know the the maybe the Miami sure. goes and both ways. The Miami and Duke level. Yeah, I mean, and that's a fair point. I think the bigger concern would be for no, you know, that team you. that surprises, and then all of a sudden they're getting you know clobbered the next year right. with and, a really and, tough schedule. And to that point, you know, how does it change? Just to use the recent example, how does it change what happened with Virginia? Right, like, cause, cause I'm sure that first year, and I look, I don't remember, but that first year that Virginia was as good as they have been, and the, and the start of this run, like, did we really see it coming, or was it out of nowhere, right? And and all of a sudden, then if they have a great year, like you said, maybe it stunts their growth. Whereas right. instead, because you have these set rotators, you can put some momentum to, together. They're, they're able to build and grow and continue the growth that they, you know, had the previous. And year. if you're the ACC, you want that That's momentum. You want, you want right. growth. You don't want just Carolina, Duke, and Virginia every year. You want an NC State to all of a sudden now start to become a force, and and so on and so forth. When so, you're when you're the ACC. And you went through this latest round of expansion to bring in Syracuse and Pittsburgh and Notre Dame and, and Louisville, and you focused on basketball because you were tired of your little eight-team league only getting three bids. Uh, yeah, you, you want ten teams to be really good. You focused on basketball. Football's made out pretty well. Uh, well know, but, I know those teams were already there. I'm just saying right. that the, no, but, the football conference has been great. But the foot, but the teams having success in football are the ones Understood. that were there already. I'm just saying that you look at it as a basketball move. But well, when you, you know, add when you add Notre Dame without their football program, it's a basketball move. No, I, I understand that. I'm <laughs> saying that you know you talk about it, it's a it's a basketball move. The the football conference has has never it's been better. Well. Right, never been better since right. since all this happened. And I, I realize it's probably just a coincidence, but. Um, you know, Florida State and Clemson have, uh, you know, certainly elevated the the football conference and and the basketball uh, conference has been elevated as well. We do need to take another time out. 315-437-7644. We'll talk basketball for another 15 minutes or so. And then Rick Beardsley will join us to talk some lacrosse. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.